0: to think big, do big, big but tomorrow can be bigger, yeah. just grow, let the world over Yeah, you my life bigger than yourself, you're created for
1: are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today, we will hear a classic message that we believe will be a blessing to you. Our goal is to teach God's Word in a way that compels you to live a life that overflows and blesses others. Let's join Bishop Greer as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast.
0: 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you, what? Completely. In the next clause, he details exactly what completely is by outlining the entire human makeup. He says, and may your whole spirit, soul, and what? Body. Body. Scripture teaches in this one in particular that we are made of three parts, and God wants to affect all three parts of us. Let's now go to Hebrews 4 and 12. We studied this verse also last week. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piecing even to, it goes on to say some things, but the word even in our language as well as in this original language is used typically to emphasize either something surprising or something extreme. Uh, in other words, you would say that knife is so strong, it could cut, it can even cut metal. That the even says, wow, you know, it, it can do something that that's really, really difficult to do. Or, or, or this statement, this is a quote uh, someone else I, I heard say, even if you fall on your face, at least you're moving forward. Do you get that? Even means, you know, it speaks of something surprising or extreme, that even a fall on your face can be a move forward if you do it in God. It says, Pearson piercing even to the division of soul and what? Spirit. Spirit. And what we discovered last week, if our soul and spirits were identical, they couldn't be divided into two different and distinct things. Then it goes on, and of joints and what? Marrow. And we discovered that as the uh, bone encases the marrow, our souls are encased by our spirit. And he continues, And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And what he's saying here is, as 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 only God knows, you know, our motives behind our deeds, only God's word can rightly uh, distinguish our eternal, internal uh, makeup. Lastly, we reviewed 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. Let's take a look. Paul says, By the Holy Spirit, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of who the holy spirit scripture paul in particular makes a direct correlation between the temple and us so somehow we're similar and then we discovered when we studied that the temple was divided into three distinct places the outer court or the outside court the inner court and the holies of holies likewise we consist of spirit soul and what body today we're going to focus on uh, what the spirit and what the soul consists of or what they're comprised of let's begin in Matthew 26 Matthew 26 beginning with verse 36 then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and he said to the disciples sit here while I go and pray over there And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be what? Sorrowful. How many of us in this room know sorrow is an emotion? So what is he feeling? Emotions. And it continues and says he was deeply what? Distress. The distress spoken of here is, is mental discomfort. I want you to imagine if you were Jesus, you were, you were there and you were mentally processing the worst thing that could ever happen to a human being was about to happen to you just a few hours uh, from that moment. And imagine the distress that that would bring upon your soul. Then he said to them, watch this. My what? Soul, my what? Soul, my what? My soul his soul was the focus of everything uh, over the next eight verses that he was about to say he said my soul so we're about to discover what's in jesus's soul he said my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to what death his human mind was imagining what was about to happen his emotions felt the pain So what we see here is that his soul was obviously comprised of his, 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 his emotions and his mind, because he's talking about his what? Soul. Let's continue. Then he said to his disciples, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. That's an hour message on its own, but let's keep moving. Watch what he does. The spirit is indeed willing. He's about to divide, divide his disciples up actually into two categories as well. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. The point is, your body can want to do things that your spirit doesn't want to do. Do you hear me? There can sometimes be a battle on the inside of you. And if you don't know the difference between your spirit and body, you think what your body wants is really you. And there's some wrong appetites in your body, and some people are calling themselves, labeling themselves, and defining themselves by those wrong appetites. In fact, it's against the law to criticize them for it. That's wrong. You are spirit and body. And by the way, how many you know that some appetites are acquired? That's right. Yes. 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 There were some things at first taste I didn't like. The more, but the more I tasted them, all of a sudden the desire began to build. So having the desire doesn't mean... You are what you think Amen. you might be. I, I just said some things there. Amen. Let's go to Mark. Mark chapter 14 and verse 35. Because Mark gives us some more details that Luke, uh, it just wasn't pertinent to what he was saying for him to add. So, so let's, same narrative, but let's, let's look. Remember, the focus is Jesus is praying help for his soul. Said my soul, he cries out, my soul. Fourteen thirty-five. He went a little further and fell on the ground. You got to learn to go further and push yourself past uh, th- those moments when your soul's crying out and you, you you just feel that you can't handle it. And fell on the ground and he prayed that if it were possible that this hour might pass from him. Jesus was one hundred percent God, but he was also one hundred percent man and the human part of him his human soul was overwhelmed by the thought of what was about to happen to him though his spirit remained resolute and here's the deal you may be right in spirit but sometimes i got to talk to god about what's going on in my soul and that's why overly spiritual people are scary they just act like they're always okay you are not always okay Sometimes you got to talk to God about what's happening in your soul. Jesus, the perfect man, talked to God about some things that were trying to go wrong in his soul. And that conversation kept him on the right course. And he said, Abba, Father, aren't you glad you have a daddy you can talk to when you're struggling? All things are possible for you. Daddy, you can do anything i'm hurting now help me take this cup away from me he said why would jesus say, any sane person wouldn't want to go to a cross any person with half wit wouldn't want to live a moment outside the presence of of a loving god so he needed his soul to be comforted he needed ministry and actually another translation said an angel came but in this moment, the Father assured him. He said, Jesus, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're imagining. But hey, Jesus, there's no other way to save humanity except by the cross. I know that I'm God, but that's the way I designed. And Jesus, I need you to, 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 to strengthen yourself and wrap your mind around the fact this is the course I have chosen for humanity's redemption. So he said, nevertheless, his spirit prevailed. And your spirit has to learn how to prevail over the soul. There was a deeper part of him that was stronger than even his soul. And he dug in deep. Nevertheless, not what I what? Will. Notice the introduction of the word will. He was pouring out his soul to whom God, he already spoke about his mind and his what? Emotions. But now he has the third part of his soul, his will. He said, nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. We could look at a dozen scriptures today, but we won't. But this is how we know that the soul is comprised of the, the mind, the will, and emotions. Because as Jesus poured out his soul, all three of these areas were expressed and detailed and, and and discuss but we, we we're going to move on from here and we're going to skip into the spirit and we'll circle back around in a few weeks but uh let's move to hebrews chapter 12 and verse 9 anybody learning the holy spirit is speaking through the author of hebrews he says furthermore we have had human daddies or fathers who corrected us how many of you know that it's a dad's job to get on your nerves sometimes? When I get on my nerves, I'm just doing my job, kids. That's just what I, if I don't, I'm not a good dad. He says, our human fathers do what? Correct us. Why? Because folly is locked up in the heart of a child. They don't know nothing yet. They don't have no experiences yet. So a daddy has to show them, you know, you can't stay out at three o'clock in the morning and then get up and take a test the next day and think you're going to do well. It's just, it doesn't make sense. In fact, stuff gets dangerous, at, you know, after a certain hour. Son, I want you in, or oh, daughter, I want you in by a certain time because you know what? There, there, there's nothing good happening after that hour outside the home. And we pay them respect. Now in the ancient were uh, you 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 borderline feared your daddy da- daddy was a serious person in the household but the description lightly says we, we we respect him but watch this this next clause he says shall we not much more readily be in subjection watch this to the father of spirits is that what it says what part of us does god father He's the father of our spirits. The Bible teaches that God is a spirit. And, and, and once we're born again, God immediately releases his DNA into our spiritual makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the father of our spirit. Did you know that God is the father of your spirit in your body? You may look like your mom and dad. But in the spirit, you don't even have a mother. You look just like daddy God. That's what the Bible is teaching. Let's look at this and dig a little bit deeper. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. His divine power. When God did this, this was the greatest miracle God could ever do in our lives. It's not the healing of your body. It's not the straightening up of your mind. It's not opening a Red Sea. The greatest miracle God can do in a human's person is ha- happens in his, in his spirit or her spirit. It says, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue don't get upset we got to think this service okay we got to think through we got to learn we got to listen we, we, we got a process by which he has given us exceedingly great and precious promises watch this that through these You may be partakers, pay attention. That you may be partakers, pay attention. That you may be partakers or recipients, pay attention, of the divine nature. Did you just read in your Bible that Peter said that you as a human being can be a participant, can be a partaker, can be a recipient... Of the very life of God, the thing that makes God alive, is now on the inside of you, according to the preaching of Peter. Peter did not just preach, when you die, you're going to heaven. Peter preached, right now, in this life, right where you are, you could become like him, even in this world, as he is. The very life of God will be imputed and imparted into your spiritual essence. And being he said that through these or these promises you may be a partaker of the divine nature again becoming a child of God is not just a cliche he says we become recipients of the divine nature the DNA the divine nature of Abba the DNA of God is released into my Spirit, I am not just forgiven though. That's wonderful. I am marvelously changed You are a new creation old things have passed away behold all things have become new You have changed deep down on the inside the core of you is different You have the same body You might feel the same emotions You might have the same intellect and IQ But something on the inside you know, has changed. Salvation is forgiveness. Thank God for forgiveness. But it's also a step further. True salvation brings a change. John 4 and 24. Listen to Jesus clear some things up. He came from the Spirit to the material realm to teach us about the spiritual realm. He said, God is spirit he didn't say god is an academician. i didn't say that right but you know what i mean he didn't say he was a soul the problem is many of us are trying to have a relationship with god on a soulless level and we talked about that you want to feel him all the time You, you want god to come down and explain everything to you all the time you need to leave room for mystery You don't really want a spiritual relationship. You want a soulless relationship. So every Sunday you're addicted to the feeling. You're addicted to the emotion. And and listen, there, there, there are a lot of people who love gospel music. Let me tell you something. I know lots of gospel artists. And I know more about their lives than I want to. I will tell you. A good number of them sing gospel as a genre. (laughs) They like the feeling. They like to shout. They like the subject matter. But too many of them haven't been changed. And you can like church as some you want to do on a Sunday. But that's not the same. It's God reaching down on the inside of you Taking out the old man Putting inside you a new man Giving you new desires Giving you a new nature And making you just like him Don't confuse church with a relationship with God Don't do it That's why he said in the last day He going to say didn't I prophesy in there I sung them songs Lord I went to church for a long time And, and I went to church regularly But you didn't know him You didn't know him You you liked church, but you didn't know Jesus. And that's what we have to be careful of. God is spirit. And those who worship Him, not talking about soul music, soul music moves me too. I feel moved but it's not necessarily spiritual. And on Sunday, many of us will settle for some soul music, but won't go into the presence, won't move into the spiritual. You just want something about what you're going through and what you're feeling in life, instead of something deeper than that. But God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit. Spirit.
1: spirit.
0: That's the difference between a good soul song and a song that comes deep down from the inside. In truth. Jesus is teaching us true worship begins when we're changed in spirit, not moved in the soul. Are you with me? Amen. Nothing wrong with the soul, and i got to be a little hard on the soul for you to understand and distinguish these things. And we got to minister to the soul, and the soul is the doorway to the spirit, but we're only on the third session. It's going to take some time. Yeah. But don't confuse the two. The Bible says the Word of God divides soul and spirit. So if your church and your pastor doesn't divide what's soulish and what's spiritual, he can't serve you through the Word of God. Amen. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. amen. Verse 19. Let's uh, establish context so we can back back into this verse, and then we'll move forward. The woman said to him, this was the Samaritan woman he met at the well, and uh, he, she, she said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. You better believe it. He just supernaturally told her all the lovers she had had up to this point in her life. You know, imagine someone walk up to you, and and, and you know, you had some—I some, don't know—some some bar grill somewhere, and they walk up to you. His name was Danny. His name was Greg, and and all those names start to mean something to you. And then he said, "Listen, baby, I'm, I'm not here to condemn you. There is a better way." This is the way Jesus approached this thing with the, with this, this this woman. He said, "I." She said, "I perceive that you're a prophet." Verse twenty. Her response was, "Okay, our fathers worship on this mountain, and here's the problem: you're Jewish." And uh, you know, I'm Baptist; you Pentecostal. I'm black; you're, you're white. I, there, there's some issues here. Now, I, I, yeah, you're prophetic, and the Spirit of God is moving. But, it, but help me overcome this. He said, "Our Father's worship on this mountain." And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one might worship. But Jesus responded to it, said, "Listen, forget about all that, woman. Believe in me. Believe me." Get past all the ethnic differences. Get get past uh, uh, all the religion in your way, and begin to trust solely God's word. Are you hearing me? He said, "Woman, believe me. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship. I'm sorry. Nor in Jerusalem, yes, worship. The f- I'm hungry. You gotta, you gotta get. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I said, well, here, yeah, okay, all right." I'm looking forward to this breakthrough service tonight. I feel like I'm going to pass out. <laughs> the word's still good though, right? Okay. Let's get to verse 23. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers, not pseudo-worshippers, Not just soul singers. Do you hear me? When true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit and truth. A true worshipper has a spirit-to-spirit relationship with God. Not just a soul or issue-to-issue, problem-to-problem relationship with God. I want a spirit-to-spirit relationship with Abba, independent of circumstances. The state of mind, the state of feeling, the state of my imagination. And then Jesus responded. He said, for the Father is seeking such spirit to spirit people to worship him. Yes. God is not just after mere intellectual ascent. Yeah, I know John 3 said, yeah, God so loved the world. He gave His only because of the way of living. It's just one mental ascent. He wants when it comes out of your spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That you couldn't deny you were a follower of Jesus though they pointed a rifle in your face. You couldn't deny the gospel though you lose all your money, you lose everyone who loves you, though, 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 though you are sitting in a cell for 16 years. Because it's a deep thing. The very core of you is Christ. Then he goes on and says what I said earlier. God is spirit. He's not an academician. I said it right now. He is not a mere intellectual. He is spirit. He lives on a totally different realm than the soulless realm. His natural spot is spiritual. God is a spirit. So if he is our father, the natural place of his fatherhood is first spiritual In our spirit His spirit We have a spirit part of us if we call him daddy. What do you think the part of us is that got born again our? Spirits God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in what? Spirit so you have to receive a new spirit to receive a new life
1: This has been a classic edition of the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We pray that you join us tomorrow as we continue this teaching. Our prayer is that this teaching from God's Word strengthens and inspires you to live a life bigger than yourself. So remember, you can access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org.